Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by both my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, as we are here to recap SummerSlam, which took place last Saturday. And instead of doing a show right after, we decided to uh, hold off and just kind of let Raw and SmackDown play out uh, for the fallout from SummerSlam. So we're here to talk about all of that today. And of course, we'll, we'll start with the main event from SummerSlam, which saw... Roman Reigns defeat Jey Uso uh, with when Jimmy came out and pulled Jey off of Roman being covered and attacked him, uh, which was kind of a surprise, I guess, in the storyline there. And a match that wasn't really that good. I mean, I was I was uh, out and I was able to come home and watch the last couple matches. And I was so like, oh, sweet, I get to watch this Roman Reigns Jey Uso match. And if it's as good as the ones they had back in the COVID years, I'm like, all right, this is going to be pretty good. And it just didn't flow at all. I don't know what was the problem. I know I've seen some reports that Roman got hurt uh, about five to ten minutes into the match, which may have caused some things to go off, but everything about it just didn't seem to click, which is just weird given how hot the storyline was going into it. And then, of course, we get the follow-up on SmackDown where Jimmy said he did what he did because he didn't want Jay to turn into Roman, and then Jay now ends up quitting the WWE uh, so who knows where this storyline is going to be going. I mean, we saw Paul Heyman do an interview where he said that their bloodline storyline is in the third inning at this point, which means if you know anything about baseball, it's got a long way to go. But uh, I saw Chairman pose an interview. He saw a question online that I uh, I saw on Twitter that if the bloodline storyline is just hurting the WWE more than it actually is helping, even though you see the, the ratings coming up for it. Even SmackDown did another strong rating this past Friday. Um, so, Chairman, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on everything that's transpired here with the bloodline storyline over the last week. Yeah. So first, before we get any deeper, I just have to announce that Joshua Fatu is all elite because he quit apparently. So he's <laughs> one EW because that's what the internet thinks. Um, but yeah, so the match is I don't know. It's just like, it's like copy paste at this point of Roman Reigns matches. I mean, it's just like, you've seen them one, you've seen them all. They're just boring and I've seen a lot of people talk, you know, how if the tribal match, you know, there's supposed to be no outside interference. Well, here comes Solo. Here comes Jimmy. It's like, here we go. And, you know, Jey Uso has been having a breakout year. You know, I mean, I'm sure he will be talked about as wrestler of the year, you know, potential candidate. But I don't know what's going on with the storyline right now. And then, like, when Jay cost, Jimmy cost Jay the match, it's just like, oh, my goodness. This is so stupid because now – if you're going to try to hold this off till WrestleMania, it's like, how are you going to pull it off? I mean, I guess we could question how they're going to hold Ray and Dom off a couple of years ago. So I'm sure they'll find a way to get there. But then I seen Rikishi tweeting out about apparently being a special guest referee um, appearance. So at payback, so maybe they do it then. And it's fitting because it's called payback. But as far as like Paul Heyman saying the third inning, I about like, just was like, are you serious, dude? Like, you guys are turning it into NWO, like, as far as, like, it's just getting way too long, you know, before you know it, Jeff Jarrett's going to come back and join the Bloodline or something, like, I'll, I'll cringe, but, like, it's just getting, I don't know, it's just copy-paste to me, I'm getting kind of tired of it, like, Roman's range is boring, and he's conquered just about everybody, and then, like, you know, people thinking Cody should have been the one to take him out last year, and I think a lot of people are right now, maybe it should have been Cody, I, I don't know, it's just, I'm getting kind of bored of it. And it's like, I just don't know how much more they can do, honestly, at this point, other than Solo turning on Roman and challenging him. But now we got this weird Jimmy J thing. And I know, I think, like, May Hardy came out and said that they shouldn't have broke those two up. And I pretty much agree because they're one of the few tag teams that never had some weird bullshit breakup. And 
now it's here and I'm sure we can see where the story goes but i don't know it's just getting to that point plus you know a lot of people are losing airtime i think like seamus might have been one of them kind of coming out saying you know they have like 30 to 40 minute vignettes on a two-hour show you know so a lot of us they might be part of the reason why some of the smackdown other wrestlers aren't getting themselves over because they don't have the time that the bloodline gets. So it's a very interesting subject to talk about at this point now that we're a couple years into this. But I guess we'll see what the next uh, six innings goes and hopefully there's no extras. Yeah, I've seen some people compare it to, like, I guess, Marvel, where, I I guess, I mean, I'm not a big Marvel person, but I've seen people say that, like, after The Last Avengers, like, Marvel's kind of been lost and not really knowing what to do. So I could definitely see that comparison where they they end the storyline, they don't know what's next. Um, I would like to see some kind of interaction between, like, okay, they've been kind of infuting in the bloodline over the last few months. Okay, now let's see somebody else come out and challenge Roman that's not an Uso or, you know, anybody that's been close to the bloodline like Sami Zayn. I want to see a new challenger for Roman that's on the SmackDown roster, like you said, like a Sheamus, like uh, Lashley's on SmackDown, I think now, right? Um, Him, something like that. Like somebody new. I mean, Lashley, I guess, really isn't new because Lashley and Roman have fought before, but that's kind of what I want to see is somebody new come out and challenge Roman Reigns, even though I'm guessing Roman's probably going to be taking a sabbatical now with SummerSlam uh, out and gone. And I'm pretty sure I saw he wasn't advertised for payback. So let me see somebody else come into the Bloodline story now that's not a member of the family and go out and say, no, okay, Roman, you you fought through your own family. Now it's my turn to challenge for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Uh, Cam, what are your thoughts on the whole Bloodline storyline? I mean, I thought the match was okay. I thought it was, like, way too long. I was sitting there, you know, they started the... They started the main show at five, and it was they're doing the vignette, which we already saw, and it's like eight fifteen, eight twenty. I'm like, damn, this is gonna bleed well into over till nine o'clock. And sure enough, you know, I'm watching my watching the the match, waiting for my wife to get off work outside of her store on my phone, and I'm like, this has gone on way too long. And the fact that if Roman did get hurt, it couldn't have been that serious because the match still went another 35, 40 minutes. Um, it was slow. It was methodical. I mean, I thought the match was okay. I don't, the internet kind of shit all over it, but you know, I thought it was, it was good. It had some nice false finishes, you know, uh, Jimmy coming back, um, costing Jay. I mean, you, they could always put them back together the tag team a year or two years down the road. I mean, to me as, as they're having the, the world's best tag team match at all in, I mean, I think we've, we've talked about that. I think the Usos definitely deserve to be in that conversation for greatest tag team of all time. Just everything they've accomplished over the last, what 12 years or so they've been in the WWE. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, we all, I kind of assume, you know, chairman and I were right about Roman retaining here. If Roman's going to get time off, you know, they can, Jimmy's obviously, or Jay with Jay being off TV, him quitting for a little bit. You could do something with Jimmy and solo who knows. Um, I mean, I agree with you though, chairman or Justin, I think that let's see someone else eventually challenge Roman. I mean, at this point, you know, we talked about it where, you know, Cody didn't beat him at mania because they needed to tell the rest of the story. Now they've basically told the rest of the story and outside of Jay coming back and like what winning the Royal Rumble and challenging Roman at WrestleMania. um, I'm not sure what's really left to accomplish. Um, I didn't want to crap all over it, but I'm starting to lean a little bit with chairman where it's like, okay, we've, we've done it all now. You know, we've seen it all outside of solo, you know, outside of solo turning on Roman and, and going with his brothers and, creating a new bloodline or the red the red nwo um there's not much left to do and i don't think solo's ready to be the champion i think solo has attributes of a champion and things like that but i think it's way too early on in his career 
to even consider him being the one to beat Roman Reigns, considering that Jay is the hottest act in wrestling. You know, Cody didn't do it. Jay didn't do it. You know, um, Drew McIntyre didn't do it in the UK. I mean, I don't think Solo Sokolo is the guy. So right now I have no idea. And the fact that we could see Roman Reigns past Bruno San Martino's, what, 2,800-day reign or whatever it was, a seven-year reign, eight-year reign, um, that seems legitimately on the table right now. Like, will Roman Reigns ever lose the title? Um, I don't know. But, you know, it is what it is. I think Roman does get deserve the time off, get some time off, and what happens next with the bloodline, we'll see. Um, I mean, I don't know. Who knows if Triple H has a full of like a long-term plan as far as this. You know, I read that he likes to book month to month, so maybe Triple H doesn't really even know who he wants to be the one to take the title off Roman. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed that it'll be my boy Gunther. Uh, yes, we can only that would be one. That would be a great and surprising uh, possibility too. Uh, one thing I want to say too is that if they really want to go all in with, uh, no pun intended, with uh, Jay quitting the um, quitting WWE and leaving, I want to see him show up on some shows. Like have him, you know, go to Impact. I mean, um, Naomi's there, Trinity. Uh, you know, have him go to Impact. You know, I'm sure they can make some. They've had small dealings with Impact before, where they had Mickey James show up at the Royal Rumble a few years ago when she was the uh, Knockouts champion. So. You know, there's an open door of communication there. Uh, you know, have them go show up on like indie shows that the WWE has some loose affiliations with. Like, I know Booker T has his, uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but I know Booker T has an independent wrestling promotion. Maybe have them go down there and do it. But, like, any kind of show, get crazy and have them show up on a, a show that AEW wrestlers are going to be at. Maybe not wrestle one of them. But, hey, there's. Jay Uso, and then like uh, like Jeremy said, get the spec the weird, stupid internet speculation going that people think he's actually going to AEW. But go all in again, no pun intended, with the storyline. Not like when CM Punk won the title and left, and then he was back a week later, when people thought he would show up like in Indies throughout the country with the title. Uh, but yeah, go crazy with this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, quote unquote, if Triple H is in charge, uh, he I could see it being maybe something small that he would do, but I'm not, I still even don't really have my, uh, my hopes that high for something like that to happen. Uh, let's go to another story from SummerSlam. And that is what seems like the end of the in-ring career for Ronda Rousey, uh, losing in an MMA rules match to Shayna Baszler, uh, which if you see anything from, I, I did not see this match. Uh, I, I heard so many negative reviews about it right after that. I didn't even bother watching it after I got back home and went back and watched the rest of the show. I saw uh, videos of people leaving in droves to go to the bathroom during this match. I saw they heard there were boring chants. Uh, just not the smartest thing to kind of do for this kind of match. Like if anything, they should have brought back like the old, uh, the fight pit, like between Summers uh, from SummerSlam 98, I believe it was, with Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart. Do something like that, not have it in a wrestling ring. But as I said, it seems like, at least for the immediate future, that Ronda Rousey's WWE run is over. And we kind of briefly talked about it uh, last week, just our thoughts on her run overall from going all the way back to uh, Wrestle, was it WrestleMania 33 when she was out there with The Rock against Triple H and Stephanie? It might not have been 33, but it was one of those WrestleManias. Uh, her debut match at WrestleMania 34 with Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie, you know, main eventing the WrestleMania 35 with Becky and Charlotte, even though it should have just been Becky because, but then Charlotte complained too much. Um, and it's everything afterwards else from Ronda Rousey. It's kind of been... I want to say not as much as we all thought it was hyped up to be. Uh, you know, I don't know if the women made an event without her here, so I'll give her that. But, I mean, 
I'll ask you, Chairman, first, and I already know what your answer is probably going to be here, or at least a semi-answer. Uh, if you had to grade uh, Ronda Rousey's run in the WWE uh, from like an A to an F kind of uh, grade, what kind of grade are you going to give her? <laughs> uh, oh, man, man. I'm definitely going to want like a D. And I would say F, but I do know she has name value. It's like you said, they don't main event WrestleMania without her. You know, she's big time UFC player, you know, she's, she's a big deal when she came. So for that, you know, I'll give her a little, I won't give her a total F, but you know, her in ring ability, nothing special. And just overall, just nothing special. Like she did, her promos were God awful. And the fact like she was supposed to be portrayed as a fan favorite and her freaking promos are like very heelish. Like she wanted to be a heel. It's like, yo, you, you don't get the business. Like, your best friend Shayna Baszler gets it, though. And she put it in time in NXT. Like, Shayna was phenomenal. Like, she, she's a, she's great ass at the half now, and the fans were cheering for her, actually, on Raw. So it's like, what does that tell you about Ronda Rousey? Like, everyone's glad she's gone, it seems like. So good riddance. They can move on and showcase how many of the other women, you know, like Rhea Ripley should have a championship match at SummerSlam, but didn't because... We had to give a spot to Ronda Rousey. Good riddance. Yeah, I'd probably go in like the C is strange. And honestly, for somebody that came in, like we said, with the star power as her, you expected it to get better. But I mean, even after her, you know, run to the WrestleMania 35 main event with Becky and Charlotte, you know, yeah, she gets pregnant a little later on, takes time off. There was never any improvement, noticeable improvement, at least that I saw uh, in her in-ring ability. I mean, I can't think of one memorable Ronda Rousey match, if you don't count, obviously, the women's main event at 35. I mean, I think her match with Charlotte at uh, this past year or a couple years ago at WrestleMania was fine. Like, it wasn't great, but it was fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't think of one good match i mean logan paul has been in less matches than her and i think every single logan paul match has been better than every single ronda rousey match um i can't think of anything when you okay she's gone now what did she do okay she got the women to the main event of wrestlemania 35 great accomplishment i'm not taking that away from her what else did she do in her wwe run nothing um yeah i should say too that her her that mixed tag match with uh triple h Kurt, and stephanie that was good um, I remember I remember watching that match and being so surprised by how good she I thought she was already. I'm like, okay, she's gonna have a nice little run in here. She's gonna have some good matches, and you know, nothing after that. We never got a one-on-one Becky versus Ronda match. Even I mean, obviously the first one was just you know bad circumstance with Becky having a concussion, but you didn't get it at WrestleMania because we had to put Charlotte in the main event because she was promised it a long time ago. Um, and then we just never got back to Becky versus Ronda, at least in a way where both of them thought it should work. So, like I said, I'd probably give it a C average, you know, just literally like average stuff from her, average promos. Like Chairman said, like she badly needed somebody to talk for her. She was never even like, even in UFC when she was uh, getting ready for big fights, she was a terrible talker. Uh, it was all cringe. They want, you know, they wanted her to be a baby face, but she was just more of a natural heel. And that's honestly something that could have worked if you paired her with like a Paul Heyman. Um, but yeah, I mean, for somebody that came in with the star power that she did, just nothing ever really came out of her run outside of the one thing we've said numerous times that made it seem like it was that big of a deal. Uh, Cam, what are your thoughts on, uh, the, the career or run of Ronda Rousey here in the WWE? 
Yeah, we talked about it last week briefly. Um, I mean, I would give her a C to you. I think that the the circumstances didn't really play in her favor. Um, you know, her them never really getting back to her and Becky the way that was heated up really well. I think that was where she was in like the B plus category. But then everything after that, you know, the circumstances, her taking the time off, her never really like evolving a character. You know, like towards the end where she started putting like paint on and on her face. Like that. I mean, that's not really a character change that's just you know you just drew some paint on your face um i mean like you said shana shana who was the baddest woman in the wwe i mean her nxt run was was fantastic i think she really picked up some stuff there and the fact that she that ronda you know obviously came straight to the main roster she was you know a, a box office attraction but you compared it to logan paul even we could even go as far as to say bad bunny has had a better wwe run you know than than ronda like Ronda is a wrestling fan, you know, she got the the good graces to use the rowdy name from from Piper and things like that. And just because you're a fan, you know, we're all fans, but I couldn't deliver any sort of fucking three, four or five star match in a WWE ring as long as we watch wrestling. So I think, you know, just circumstances not not working out for her. The wrestling gods not really smiling down on her after the after that first main event and, you know, taking the time off and not really doing anything, you know, and then we talk about. Rhea Ripley, Asuka, you know, even damage control to a certain extent, they kind of all came in and, and changed their characters and got better and kind of left Ronda Rousey in the dust where she thought maybe she was just going to live off of her name for forever. And, you know, in the world of pro wrestling, you know, if you're not, if you're not changing and you're not getting better, then you're going to, at some point you're going to be passed by. And I think that she felt that. And maybe one of the reasons why she's decided to hang, hang her, uh, her boots up is that you know she she is a mother now but at the same time i feel like she kind of has to know somewhere deep down inside that it was never going to get back to that point um even if they tried to force it on so let's say she stayed this year and you know like let's have let's finally have that becky versus ronda match as one of the the women main events for wrestlemania this coming year it wouldn't be as good as it was you know four or five years ago so um i give her a c i think she 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 had a role in the women's division for a while. She's not just a tag team wrestler or just someone that was there like her last year or so. Um, and you know, she, the match her and her and, uh, Shayna, you know, wasn't great. And they, they put it right where that was on the card right before Roman and Jay, because, you know, they already had the great women's match. They already had Logan and Ricochet. They had all the other good matches they were going to have. So that was kind of the spot for them on the card. And usually the spot right before the main event isn't going to be the best spot to be on because you already had, a great match, Finn and Seth. Um, and then you have them come out there kind of just to kill time before Roman and Jay, the quote unquote bathroom break match, you know, Hey, the main event's coming up. You better go take a piss real quick. You better go get yourself soda or whatever you need um, before the main event starts. And that's kind of where they were. And more or less, I'm just, you know, is Shayna going to get some sort of rub out of this quote unquote? Is she going to, you know, go after, Ripley which I think would be fantastic you know I think they could have some some good matches together so I guess we'll kind of see what happens for Shayna moving forward and Ronda you know like I said she can be that Royal Rumble pop two years from now a year from now she can come to the Rumble and people still like her and she can you know be in the Rumble for a little bit or maybe even hell even come back and have a match with Zoe Starks or something down the road where I don't think she's done done you know I think she will come back have a few matches over the next few years and it is what it is 
Yeah, when I think about 15 years from now, when the new Saudi, where there's a new Saudi Arabia prince or anything, he'll she'll be like, or he will be like, you know, hey, I remember seeing Ronda Rousey back in like 2022. Can we get her signed up for uh for our next show? And maybe that's when they'll get uh, she'll come back out for a big payday. Uh, but speaking of the women's division, staying in there, we do have a new uh, women's champion on SmackDown with Io Sky cashing in her Money in the Bank briefcase after uh, Bianca Belair won the title from uh in the triple threat match against Asuka and Charlotte where uh I mean I get the story they I guess they probably didn't want like Bianca was getting her leg worked over the whole time and then Bianca's in the figure eight then Asuka comes running at her and she rolls up Asuka for the win um it's unique I didn't really like the way how Asuka lost like that but I guess if they wanted to get the title off of um off of Asuka without I mean I don't know. Like, it was just weird. I guess I'm just really surprised Charlotte didn't end up winning the title for 30 seconds and then just adding to her reign here so we can get her past her dad uh, to her, like, 15th or 16th or 30th, whatever the hell kind of reign it is for her as champion. But we now have Io Sky as the new SmackDown Women's Champion, and I guess my question coming out of this is, I mean, she was an NXT product, uh, project, so, you know, she's a Triple H uh, girl. Um, Triple H is pretty much responsible i think for bringing her back and getting her on the main roster at SummerSlam last year and then a year later she wins the title so uh chairman how confident are you in an eo sky reign over on smackdown i'm definitely interested i'm definitely excited for it i think it's fresh for one because in a world where we've seen bianca belair oscar charlotte flair in the title scene for the last how freaking long, you know, it's like, Oh, we got some new blood in this finally. And we talked about the SmackDown women's division kind of needed some life and sure they did some peace swapping around, you know, with the draft or whatever the hell they call it nowadays. But like Oscar and Bianca and Charlotte are also kind of linked together just on a different show now, but you know, you got damage control and Bailey and we don't know Bailey and Bianca had their run-ins for the title, but now it's EO's show. And EO had the money in the bank. And when she won money in the bank, I'm like, okay, I, I, can get, I can get behind this. And, you know, you know, thinking, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe Bailey's going to screw out of the briefcase or something like that. And, you know, Bailey actually was fine playing the supporting role. That just kind of shows how selfless Bailey kind of is. You know, she's willing to help others and put people over, you know, especially in her own faction, like, you know, obviously with Dakota being out, but she's kind of back now, maybe kind of not in the ring per se, but at least as a on-screen character. So that's cool to see. But, you know, obviously now EO is going to have a handful of challengers now. So it's going to get interesting because, you know, they can't do anything with Charlotte Flair that's not involved with the title. So she's definitely going to be in EO's hair for a while. But it, we, we pretty much predicted that cash was going to happen for the most part. And it happened. So EO just couldn't keep the freaking briefcase after the calendar year. They just had to cash it in, but hey, good for her for not cashing in the next day. Like what everybody else does or the night of. So good for her for having it and winning it. So I think every woman has been successful this far. So be interested to see who is the first woman to fail a cash in, but we'll have to wait till next year. Maybe. Yeah. I love that. I was nervous when she wanted that she was going to be the first unsuccessful cash in, but thankfully we didn't have to worry about that. Um, and like I said, she's a triple H girl, so I could totally see why, um, you know, she, triple H probably wanted her to win. 
So it's good for her. Uh, it's a fresh face on top of the SmackDown Women's Division without, you know, of course, Charlotte, Asuka, and Bianca are still there, though. Uh, Cam, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Well, Chairman and I both correctly predicted the cash-in. Um, I thought it was well done. I think that they needed the, the fresh the freshness up to it. Um, I mean, I can see EO defending it, probably payback, you know, probably against Asuka. Maybe they'll even do a fatal four-way. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to see the... I mean, they did bring back Dakota Kai, but at some point, I think we need to see the full-on um, blow-up of damage control and go EO versus Bailey. I think that's the story to be told here over I the I should next mention, couple... too, sorry, Cam, real quick and bringing this up, that there are reports, too, that I saw this week that Kyrie Sane might be coming back to the WWE, too, so there's another piece added to that puzzle. Oh, there we go. Yes, you, you know, the what happens when you get Triple H in control? You get people that want to come back to the WWE because they know they'll get actually get booked, you know, halfway decent. Um, that goes just with EO, you know, Kyrie saying the same thing, um, her coming back would be fantastic. I think that would hurt, put her on raw, get her away from EO, put her on raw, her and Rhea Ripley would freaking tear the house down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's good for EO. Obviously I think it gives damage control a little bit. I mean, they came back what one year ago at, or they debuted, I should say one year ago at SummerSlam, you know, high hopes, like, okay, this is a, this is a power faction. And they kind of just were jobbers for about a year. Um, so it gives them a little bit of, of, of shine. It gives them a little bit of spotlight. And like I said, I think the story at some point needs to be EO versus Bailey. Maybe even have Dakota. Dakota could side with, with Bailey. You know, I think that might be the better story. You get more empathy for EO if you have Dakota and Bailey turn on EO. And EO defends the title against Bailey for a few times. And just to shake things up, you know. It's, but at some point, you know, I do have the fear in the back of my mind come Royal Rumble, come maybe even WrestleMania, if they hold off that long, that Charlotte Flair probably gets another reign somewhere down the road. Yeah, that's always the problem you got to worry about with Charlotte lurking around. It's like, she's a good wrestler. I'm not going to take it away from her, but come on, like, start feuding with somebody that's not for the title. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I just feel this way, but I feel like you could release Charlotte right now and... First off, the SmackDown the women's division or just the women's division in general wouldn't miss, miss a beat. And even if she went to somewhere like AEW, yeah, it's a name. But at the same time, I go, I don't know if she would be welcomed in by like the AEW hardcore audience because she's Charlotte Flair and she's kind of looked at as this dominant woman on top who wins all the time. Do you have what do you think about something like that, Chairman? Oh, man. <laughs> well, their women's division needs a whole revamp. So honestly, if they brought in Ashley Flair to shake things up over there, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So if that happened, she would probably win the title like the first night. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, and you're right about the women's division. I mean, when you consider they focused on the sign, was it two weeks ago that said book the women's division better or something weird like that? Um, you got any thoughts on my my suggestion or my just a, a thought I threw out that thought I threw out there, Cam? Oh, could you imagine Charlotte Flair and and Dr. Britt Baker just politicking the fuck out of Tony Khan in the back? <laughs> Holy shit! Like Tony Khan would just he would need to go on Xanax and every antidepressant medication in the world because he'd have Britt and charlotte at each other's throats because they're basically the same person just politicking each other 
you know, Britt's getting added to that fatal four way for all in, you know, like you saw the graphic. I'm like, well, she definitely has to be in the match. So, I mean, I I would do it just for like the fun purposes of having Britt Baker and Charlotte probably hating each other and just constantly trying to politic with Tony Khan. And then you could do Adam Cole versus Andrade because the the women are like, you have to defend my honor. It would just be fun television, actually. All right, there you go. Hey, maybe hey, you listen in, Tony. There's an idea we threw out there for you. Maybe look into Charlotte's contract and see what, how much time she has left for you over there. Um, over on the Raw side of things, uh, we had Cody beat Brock Lesnar. And if you believe the reports, Brock Lesnar going off script there at the end and shaking Cody's hand, which I thought was kind of cool. I feel like maybe Brock did gain a lot of respect for Cody during this whole run. They had three really good matches. Uh, that helped Cody overall. I mean, honestly, didn't do any damage. Nothing nothing can ever really do damage to Brock. Brock, and honestly, Brock just doesn't care. Brock's there, he gets his paycheck, and he leaves, which is fine. He's been entertaining for the last two years, ever since he went to this kind of like farmer laid-back persona. So I'm all here for that kind of Brock going forward. I look forward to see when he comes back next. I'm guessing he's probably not going to come back till Rumble time and see what they have planned for him at Mania. But, I mean, going from where he was in his first run or when he first came back to like, oh, okay, that's another Brock thing. And now just like, here we are. What is it? Jeez, he came back after the night after WrestleMania 28. So we're coming on almost 12 years of uh, Brock back in the WWE. And it's been really entertaining these last couple. And then you also had Seth retain the World Heavyweight Championship against Finn Balor after he hit the curb stomp onto the brief the Money in the Bank briefcase that Damian Priest left into the ring. Uh, continued tension between Finn Balor and Damian Priest, no matter how much Rhea Ripley uh, tries to kind of cool them down and get cooler heads to prevail. And then at the end of uh, Raw, we have Shinsuke Nakamura uh, attack Seth Rollins and likely setting up Seth's next world title view between Seth and Shinsuke. I mean... I kind of thought something might have been up earlier in the night when it was originally supposed to be uh, the sixth man with Seth, Cody, and Sami Zayn, and then Sami gets taken out, and Shinsuke, who had a match earlier, just happens to show up back there in the backstage interview segment and says, yeah, I'll team up with you, and, you know, not obviously, you know, if you know how wrestling plays out, you know there might be something up there with that. And like I said, sure enough, they win, but then he gets attacked afterwards. And I thought, you know, we talked about this, I think, back during the summer when Shinsuke first came back. We thought, oh, they might be doing something with him. You know, uh, they were kind of giving him wins. They were highlighting him a lot, and then it kind of cooled off a little bit. But uh, here we are now again with uh, Shinsuke now actually doing something and getting a nice little fall world title, or like late summer, early fall world title program out of it. So... I don't know where that leaves Cody and what he ends up doing next. I mean, maybe Cody goes back to feuding with Judgment Day with Finn Balor. But, of course, as we said, Finn and Damian Priest have their own thing going on. You got Dominic Dominic Mysterio in NXT uh, as the NXT North American champion. His dad now, of course, the United States champion after winning it this past Friday on SmackDown. So lots of stories there for the Judgment Day. But I can't really peg a feud right now for Cody and what could be next for him. So that's one of the things I'm most interested in Raw because he's been so good this past summer. I just want to see what they have planned for him next. Um, So, Chairman, back over to you. Just your thoughts on these developments from the Raw side of things on SummerSlam. (sighs) I thought the Cody Brock match was the best one of the night. It was really good. I mean, it was definitely a fitting end to the trilogy. And it just shows that Brock Lesnar does not need a championship. Like, Brock Lesnar's name and value alone is a marquee match for any premier live event. So, you know, he didn't need to be the one to beat the Taker streak or hold a title hostage and go away. Like, he's bigger than all that stuff. Like, he's Brock Lesnar. So... 
you know, him showing Cody the respect after the match going off script, you know, I thought it was a really cool part of the match, you know, at the end there. I thought that was, you know, kind of nice, you know, fitting end to their story, you know. Now Cody has to finish the story, whatever that is. And it's just really funny how they keep teasing, like, Cody Seth for the title. Like, because now this is, like, the second time now, I think, that they've teased it. And then, of course, freaking Judgment Day keeps getting involved. And it's like, Finn, how many more chances do you need, bud? Like, I'm, I'm like, done with this Judgment Day, like, Seth Rollins story. Like, it needs to end. Like, either Finn and Priest just need to break up already. Or they need to, like, coexist and go for the tag titles that are freaking weighed down in mediocrity because Kevin Owens is hurt and Sami Zayn's got a giant goose egg on his elbow now. So it's like, I don't know. They did no justice for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens ever since their Usos feud, man. I'm disappointed. Like, Sami Zayn was having such a breakout with the bloodline, and they pretty much just washed him to, like, nothing now. It sucks. But as far as uh, Shinsuke goes, it's really weird that he came out for another match because he fought someone else earlier on the show. And then, oh, Shinsuke turned. Shocking. Oh, boy. So I'm actually interested in this feud with Rollins, potentially, because Shinsuke Nakamura and Rollins haven't had too many encounters with one another. I think there's been a few, you know, over the years. But, like, this is obviously going to be their biggest match, you know, for the title and all. So I just hope it's one of those programs that doesn't last, like, five months, six months. I think it's be good for a one and done, hopefully. You know, depending on the circumstances, it could go a little longer. But Judgment Day just needs to get the hell away from Seth Rollins. Like, that, it needs to end. And going back to what you said about Cody, like, that's another confusing subject of where he goes next because it looks like Shinsuke has taken that path. So I'd be really interested to see, you know, if, if, if they want to do something really cool, is you have Cody challenge Guther for the Intercontinental title right before the Honky Tonk Man's reign you know, record gets broken. Screw get, screw Chad Cable. He's not a legit threat. You want to see a legit threat to Guther? Put Cody in that match. It was funny. I was just thinking about that, too, when I was talking. I was thinking in my head while you were talking about what Cody could do. Yeah, Cody Gunther would definitely be, like you said, interesting. You'd have to find a way, because I don't think Cody would win it, but I think you'd have to find a way, obviously, to keep him strong, and maybe that's how you get your next opponent for Cody, where okay, you know, Cody lost because of X. Now him and X are going to feud for the next couple months. Um, yeah, I don't think Seth Shinsuke is going to be long-term. I see that maybe being a month or program or two, maybe one or two matches, but it's a chance for Shinsuke who's kind of had, like, people like criticize his WWE run. All right, you're back in the world title picture now. Let's see how you do in that kind of program. Uh, Cam, what are your thoughts on the Raw side of things here? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's good for Shinsuke, you know, when him and Bronson Reed kind of got put on Raw, like they got, they were getting booked decently, you know, Triple H, you know, likes both of those guys, NXT guys. Um, There's always room for Shinsuke, and I think Bronson Reed, too, I think, you know, he can be a a future main event player at some point if they they do things correctly. Um, I don't think he's dethroning Seth Rollins, but I think it is a nice fall you know title program you know look at wrestling history and you try some new things out and i think shinsuke has earned at least to be in that spot um as far as judgment day stuff goes i mean i completely agree like it's it's time for him i mean raw raw gets a little bit repetitive when you have seth or cody open the show and and judgment day comes out and blah 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 and they set up the match um so it has been a little bit repetitive in that nature um, I mean, I said as soon as Damian Priest won the Money in the Bank that it was time for Finn to get kicked out of Judgment Day, and that might be a slow 
a slow build, but I think at some point it is coming. I think we will get a Damian Priest, uh, Finn Balor one-on-one match at some point here in the next month or two. Um, I think it's just time. I think that the if you have Dom, Rhea, and and um, and Damian as as the Judgment Day as the three main members, I think that's just better looking optic wise. Um, Finn's kind of always been the odd man out to me. He's not the leader, even though he's the longest tenured WWE superstar in the in the group. Um, Rhea, I was considered the leader of the group. Um, so at some point, yeah, I think Finn gets kicked out. I think Finn going on a babyface run is is deserved. I think it's kind of time, especially if we do at some point get, you know, Gunther elevated to the main event spot. You know, you could easily slide in Finn into the IC title picture and things like that. Um, you know, it, it is what it is <clears throat> as far as that goes. Um, I mean, I, I'm really excited for Gunther and Chad Gable. I think it's going to be fucking fantastic. I mean, Chad Gable has beyond earned being where he is on the card, you know, as the, as, as the Alpha Academy kind of being featured on Raw is like this little uber babyface comedic relief where, you know, Maxine Dupree has done an amazing job. You know, Otis has done a fantastic job. I think those three of those guys have, three of those people, excuse me, have re- definitely, um, earned where they are i think they've done a fantastic job and even though we know chad gable's not beating gunther for the title i think it'll be an actually really 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 good wrestling match and hopefully they do it more than one time i feel like those guys deserve like a pay-per-view match you know do one on raw and then do one at a pay-per-view i mean gunther needs to be defending the title more often than not um as he approaches honky tonk man's reign i don't think he's used um as as much as he as he should be used um, so I think that'll be really, really fun as we head into like the fall and football's, football's coming. So, you know, traditionally this is a time for the WWE to experiment with different people and different roster ideas because a lot of, you know, a lot of fans, especially here in the United States are going to be start focusing on their fantasy leagues and football come Mondays and Sundays and Thursdays and Tuesdays and Fridays. They're going to have, at some point they're going to have football every fucking day of the week here in the next couple of years. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a time for Triple H to experiment with what he's got as he, you know, starts to, starts to climb to WrestleMania 40. Yeah. Don't sleep on Tuesday night, Mac football in the NCAA. That's, that's where it's to be. That's where it's at. And of course, that's of course where by university of Buffalo is, is, uh, their division is. So yeah, don't sleep on Tuesday, Mac football. Always a fun time. I would say don't sleep on pack 12 after dark, but that's pretty much going to be gone after this year too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to Gable. I mean, it's one of those things where I joked and I said, oh, you know, Vince is still laid up in the hospital after his spinal surgery because Chad Gable won a match in his hometown. So no way Vince had the chance to rewrite any kind of script at all. Cause you know, if he did, Chad Gable would have been the one eating that pin. But I mean, even just in general, like you said that first hour of raw, the commercial free hour, I mean, you had, uh, you had the opening promo, but then you also had uh, a four-way match between Ciampa, Ricochet, Gable, and Matt Riddle that went a good, I think, like 15-ish minutes. So that's always a positive right there to go under. So that's awesome. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken that Nakamura, Bronson Reed was also in the first hour. It might have been just off it. I, I don't remember. Uh, Monday feels like so long ago for me at this point. Um, it's just a good. It was a good opportunity for Triple H to showcase these, you know, mid upper mid card people who haven't really had a lot of opportunity to get that kind of showcase. And it's a positive thing to see. And then, of course, if you also want to talk about that, the ten o'clock hour we had an 
L.A. Knight Miz promo off after L.A. Knight won the Slim Jim Battle Royal over at SummerSlam. Um, so he wins and he ends up showing up on Raw the next night, which I really don't have too much of a problem with uh, going going on Miz TV. And I thought him and Miz had a great uh, promo battle. I know L.A. Knight flubbed one line kind of badly, but I mean, otherwise... I thought it was great, and I think Miz, if you're going to start the push, quote-unquote, of L.A. Knight finally, you know, Miz is a good guy to do it with. He's a WWE lifer. He's been around now for almost, do you think, 15 years, probably longer. Um, and it's a guy, you know, hell, he, like, L.A. Knight said, hey, Miz, even you're getting some people after your promo. But I, I think these guys will be able to talk really well. Uh, I don't know what is – I mean, we always talk about the U.S. title for L.A. Knight – and then they end up having Rey Mysterio beat Austin Theory for it on SmackDown this Friday, which is weird because it was supposed to be Santos Escobar originally. Um, I mean, I know you can make the argument that so-and-so could have used the rub from beating Theory, but I mean, I don't know. At this point, Theory is just so in need of like a month or two off to reinvent himself that I don't think anybody beating him would have been a big rub. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I... <sighs> Is L.A. Knight somebody that's going to stay this over? And he's so over. If you ever watch his intros on um, uh, from SmackDown the next uh, the next day, it's one of those things where, okay, it's awesome. The crowd's getting behind him. Like, how far do you go with him? Does he Is he somebody – I mean, I don't think he's going to fight Roman. Is he going to – can he fight for the world title? Can he challenge Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? Can he challenge him at the Royal Rumble? But I like where this uh, L.A. If it's just a start, but I thought Monday was a good start for L.A. Knight, even if it wasn't for the U.S. title. Uh, your thoughts here, uh, Chairman, as we kind of finish up. Oh, boy. Um, the Miz and L.A. Knight stuff was really good. It was entertaining as hell. I mean, Miz, obviously, being a WWE guy for almost 20 years already, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah, he went toe to toe, you know, with LA Knight, and LA Knight, you know, stepped up. That was that was fun. I mean, I was watching SmackDown and totally forgot LA Knight was a SmackDown guy, and then all of a sudden he comes out and beats Uncle Phil. So that's cool, or top dollar, whatever you want to call him, like waste of money. Like I don't even know why they brought those guys back, but whatever. But you know, LA Knight's you know star rising. You know, he did win the Battle Royal, which shocked the hell out of me. I thought for sure Sheamus was going to win it. Um, I want to talk about Sheamus real quick. Um, Definitely that stuff with him and Edge was really cool on SmackDown. That was one of the nice, you know, feel-good stories between those two. Very excited for their match. Very surprised they also never wrestled each other before. So definitely look forward to that on uh, Friday night. But uh, back to LA Knight, you know, like, I don't understand, like, why they couldn't let him win the U.S. title from garbage-ass theory. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, this is the guy. Like, everyone likes LA Knight right now. This is the thing. He should be winning the title. Theory's garbage. And then, okay, Santos was in line to win it. And I was like, okay, Santos is cool. I like Santos. You know, he's good, good worker, you know. And then they pull the fucking strings and Rey Mysterio? Like, why? Rey Mysterio is well past his prime. Rey Mysterio holding a mid-card title does nothing for anybody. I mean, okay, so Santos is going to turn on him and kick him out of the LWO and then beat him? Like, I, I, I don't understand that. I mean, what well, is predictable as fuck is what it is. Like, I don't know. Or are they going to have Ray and Dominic meet and unify the NXT North American title and you? That would be just funny. Um, but I don't know. I'm so happy that Theory lost because it's complete trash. But, like, Ray Mysterio is, like, the last guy that probably should have won the U.S. title. It should have been L.A. Knight or Santos. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I mean, especially if they don't have, like, a... 
I guess I maybe you think what they're gonna break up the LWO already, even though they've kind of been okay as a group. That would just be weird. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those things where. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think you think it, I don't think as as big of a rub as we thought. If theory you'd be theory for it, I guess you know Rey Mysterio is a bigger name. But what is Rey Mysterio going to have a six month reign as U.S. champion? I don't think so. Uh, unless you're going to build up to him versus Santos Escobar at WrestleMania and like a mask versus hair match, I could see them doing something like that. I think that would be kind of cool. Though I thought the same thing for I believe Rey Mysterio and Dominic this past year, and they didn't end up doing that. But yeah, it's weird just to see that the bait and switch there. Like I said. The only thing that I can think of off the top of my head is that they're leading to an LWO breakup because they got they did their Puerto Rico show. They sold all the merch they needed to sell. And now I'm like, OK, well, we got rid of our LWO T-shirt stock. We can go on to uh, something else because we have L.A. Knight having three of the top four selling shirts in the company. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on the L.A. Knight U.S. title Austin Theory LWO situation? Yeah, I mean, I. I... When I saw that Rey Mysterio won the title, I was my initial thought was, okay, they'll have Santos turn on him, but I think it's too early. I mean, LWO, I mean, they're not setting the world on fire, but they are a nice little babyface group. It it does, <clears throat> it has given some nice um, light to Santos and to Selena Vega, but I think it's just too early. Um, I mean, I know tradition wrestling heel versus face WWE title, blah blah. But, I mean, we could still easily get to a Rey Mysterio L.A. Knight title match and it just be about respect and everything that goes into it. You don't have to do typical heel versus babyface. Um, Theory's time has been over. I think he needs a reset. I don't think he's he we know we've talked about it. He's Grayson Waller has completely passed him up and Grayson hasn't even really wrestled. He's just been doing his TV show and he's passed Theory, you know, on everything that we thought theory could be, or at least what Vince thought theory could be. Um, Grayson Waller is showing that he's that guy. And so, I mean, theory needs a reset. He needs to go back to NXT. He needs to go work with the Dudleys and impact wrestling. I don't know. That's, but he needs a complete reboot. He has just not really done anything ever since the Cena match, even before the Cena match, like, you know, it was decent, but it wasn't great. You know, I gave him, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. So Okay, well, he's getting a little bit better, um, but he's kind of just hit a wall, and I'm not sure if it's him, if it's creative, if it's who knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could, I still think the if you keep the LWO together, I think that they should. You know, why not? You know, you need another, another little mid card babyface group. WWE has what four factions? Like, I mean, I guess five technically, if you want to count Imperium as a faction. Um, so the factions don't really bother me. I mean, everyone in fucking eight. W's in a faction so the faction stuff doesn't really bother me in pro wrestling it's how you do it so if you break them up and you go Santos versus Ray that could be cool that could be fine but why not just do Santos versus you know have Santos beat Theory and then go the other way where you could just have Santos be like yeah you know Ray you know thanks for thanks for giving us these cool vintage wrestling shirts we appreciate it but we don't need your services anymore and have them wrestle each other and have Santos you know, defend the title against Ray, beat Ray for the title, and, you know, kind of go with that route. They didn't go that route. I mean, I thought Santos, maybe did he get injured? I haven't really seen anything. It was just a, a weird switch for whatever reason. It felt very Vince-like where it was like, okay, at the last second, we're just going to do this. Like, well, we could just go have Santos beat Theory, and then he can fight face Ray. And Vince is like, no, that's not what I want to do. So maybe he has somewhat recovered from his spine injury. 
or maybe you know the aliens have in, in have taken over his body and they're like no to take the title off theory um who knows but yeah i mean la Knight's super over and i mean i don't think we're going to run into a braun Strowman problem a wardlow problem where they're like okay this guy's super over but we're not going to do anything about it um i think triple h is too smart for that um i think the winner of the freaking slim jim battle royal should have won some sort of championship opportunity i mean it was it's really easy i don't know maybe he did get a lifetime supply of macho man slim jims because that's could be worth a lot more to some people than the united states title who knows um but yeah i mean la Knight's super over him versus the miz is fine whatever but at some point you got to pull the string you got to get him in some some title programs the guy's only going to get older and you know six months a year from now people might still be chanting yeah might still you know want to have everyone talk to him and all that stuff but at some point you do have to pull the string and triple h i think is a smart guy so at some point um i think we get him versus santos or him versus Rey mysterio at some point for a title yeah, like they have the Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. It should have been the Macho Man Slim Jim Battle Royal Trophy. That's what they should have done with that and just have a giant trophy. I mean, who who, the, who wouldn't want a giant fucking trophy of the Macho Man Randy Savage to carry around all the time? I think that'd be awesome. Um, but that is our show uh, for this week as we recap SummerSlam. A uh, quick shout-out to Tetsuya Naito. Congratulations on winning the G1 Climax today and getting what's likely Sonata versus Naito uh, for the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom next year. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, But for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you then.